What's up, kids? Welcome to Poolside Chats with Dom and Chris, the show where we talk about everything from music production to the spiritual side of music creation. I am Chris. And I am Dom. All right, so I'm on this mic or this mic? No, the RE. The RE. <sighs> What's up, guys? Um, all right, rack them up, Dom. So um, let's see here. This is our uh, test run of podcasts, and we're going to be diving through a wide range of topics. Uh, if you don't know me yet, uh, my name is Chris. Uh, my co-host here, Dom, who's currently racking the pool table. Um, we are going to be talking to you guys about the wonderful, wonderful world of music production, audio engineering, mixing, and mastering. Uh, we are going to be taking questions from our listeners, trying to help you guys with as much as we possibly can on the craft. And we're going to talk about different creative approaches. Dom and I are going to share a little bit about our workflows and how we work and how we operate on our own productions. And we're also working for clients. Uh, we also run an academy called the Music and Recording Arts Academy in which we teach a variety of different topics. Uh, many of which include soft synths, uh, basic mixing, using EQ, compression. We also do complete walkthroughs of um, songs and productions as well. So we have a series on YouTube right now, and it's called uh, STEM Mixing and Rock Music, and it's an eight-part video series which covers uh, mixing a song from start to finish, drums, guitars, vocals, everything. So... Um, yeah, it's it's we've got a lot of stuff out there for you guys to check out. If you haven't heard of us before, um, you can find us at www.continuummusicstudio.com and you can read a little bit more about Dom and I. Oh, yeah. So uh, Dom just made a solid, in case you guys were wondering. As we talk, we're going to update you on the, on the pool game and keep you abreast because we want you guys to feel like you're in the room. Abreast. It's a word. It's a word. You should, you should. Um, so yes, um, Dom is now solids and um, we play a lot of pool. So we figured, you know, we, we wanted to do a podcast and we thought, well, let's do a podcast. That'd be great. You know, we had a couple of nice mics. We got a SM7B and an RE20 and an Apogee interface that's been sitting in the rack that we haven't used in a while. And we thought, you know, let's move all this to the pool room. So we thought, hey, that might not be the most ideal environment for a pool game. But we thought that's what's cool about it is we could continue to play pool and talk to you guys simultaneously. So it's not my shot. So I'm going to let Dom kind of pick up here. Yeah, so we were kind of in a predicament to where we were wanting to play pool more than going to the studio. And uh, just because we both just like the competitive nature of a nice game of eight ball. But um, so eventually, uh, I don't know who came up with the idea. It doesn't really matter because it's just a great one in general. But we decided to do this podcast and do two things at once. So Chris is currently trying to hit an, hit a ball around one of our mic stands that's miking the top of the pool table. We're not sure if we're going to use it yet. It's just holding a SM58 mic on it, and uh, we knew it would create some problems some, for some shots, but turns out he's uh, had to go around it already, and he made his shot. So good job, Chris. You made two shots, bro. Two shots. Make that three. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and so I'm finding out that... Uh, to keep the listeners entertained, if uh, someone goes on a run in pool, it's going to be kind of hard to keep the keep the talking up <laughs> in order to. Okay, he finally missed, so now the pressure's on him. Cool. <laughs> Excellent. 
Yes, uh, I had a three ball run. It was uh, it was nice. I had to shoot around the boom uh, with the SM58 and it worked out quite swimmingly. Uh, anyways, what I was saying is, uh, yeah, we wanted to be able to do this live. You know, we wanted to be able to bring you guys a more authentic approach to the podcast. There's a lot of great podcasts out there. We listen to several ourselves, and we wanted to have more of a I guess a different approach to it. Uh, nothing super polished or super edited, but more just Dom and I wind up sitting here all day talking music production anyway. So we figured, hey, let's just get a couple of nice mics in here and, and run the podcast while we're shooting pool. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to shoot a lot of pool. We're going to talk about a lot of music production. We're going to take questions. We're going to talk about uh, ways that we can all learn more about our craft and we're gonna have a good time while doing it. Sweet. So I'm going to propose this question to Chris. Uh, I was actually saving it for the first time we did a podcast and it's uh, while he's shooting, he can think about it, then come back to his podium over here and let us know. But um, the question is, if you could have your name on any type of piece of gear, what would it be? General type could be anything, dynamics, effects, whatever. And what would it sound like in respect to whatever type of piece of gear you chose? Wow. I honestly don't have an answer to this. I think I'd probably choose a compressor. I don't know. I have to come up with what I would want of it yet, but yeah. I'm curious to see what you You're think. talking a piece of hardware or a plug-in? I, it could be plug-in, but I mean, in my mind, I was thinking hardware. Hardware, yeah. But okay. Plug-in, do you could do both. I don't know. Okay. Well, I think for hardware, I mean, I... I don't want to get in the topic of if, if hardware is better than plugins. They're just different, and they're both extremely useful tools. I would say hardware... Definitely would be a compressor, but I would do a multi-band compressor that had, you know, four, maybe even five bands. And I would want it to have very aggressive expanding functions. So one of my favorite plugins is the FabFilter Pro MB uh, multi-band compressor because it has the ability to do crazy expansion ratios as well as compression ratios. And it's got uh, amazing side chains. And so many more options. So I think that's what I would do. I think that, in my opinion, there's not a lot of great hardware compressors on the market at an affordable rate for most people, unless you're ready to get to that Mazalek realm and spend. Yeah, multiband. What did I say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's tons of affordable compressors. Yeah, for sure. Uh, You can get an Art Pro VLA, which we just actually sold one of those. And if you guys are in the market for a hardware compressor that's tube-based, I mean, those are 300 bucks and they're great. But yeah, I think if I had to go in a direction, it would be a multi-band compressor expander that did extremely aggressive, very creative ratios. So like take the, the, the Kush Audio Tweaker. If you guys haven't seen that, check it out. Just because it has so much, you know, like creative ability, I would want to apply the concept of the tweaker, but to a multi-band compressor. So you wanted to have the utility. So maybe you would have functions of it that you could get crazy. So it could be very simple, almost like a plug-in, but then you could also get some crazy uh, creative effects with it as well by the push of maybe a couple of buttons or just the turn of a knob excessively. Yeah, that sounds, yeah. That <laughs> okay, because uh, it seems like a nightmare if you're going to get into the circuitry. I know nothing about this stuff, but or very little, but that just seems like a nightmare. <laughs> it would be. It would be, yes. I bet I'm not going to, I don't yeah. want to design it. Yeah. I just want to put my name on it. Somebody else is going to yeah. design it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it works that way, but yeah, you <laughs> answered the question, and that's what I asked. Cool. There you go. Um, hmm. If I had to choose something, it'd just either be an EQ or a compressor, and 
Well, which which is, one, VQ or compressor? Pro, uh, both. It's gonna be, it would be a, uh, it's gonna be. No, it would be a- How about a, a dynamic EQ? A hardware version? Yeah. Is that a thing? No. Yeah, I don't think that's a thing for a reason. Make, make it a thing. Somebody <laughs> needs to make me a dynamic EQ hardware. Yeah, so we're both pretty ignorant. By the way, I just it, I just won the game. So you guys are updated. I just won on a four ball run and sunk the eight ball. So game one, Yeah, Chris. I wasn't even watching. Cool. Cool. Good job. Thanks. Um, yeah, so we're pretty ignorant when it comes to circuitry. So if we ever say anything that's completely off base when it comes to how to hook up uh, – um, circuits, then uh, just disregard it because we understand. <laughs> but um, yeah, if a dynamic EQ uh, hardware piece is possible, someone does need to make that. If it's not possible, then we need to make it possible. Um, but then also, if it is possible, what would be the point of having the hardware version? Is it really going to impart that much sonic beauty that we're going to want it over a nice fancy plug-in that's perfectly recallable. And so I can't really see in that case because it's usually a fix-it thing. So can't really see that being very necessary. But um, otherwise, it's fun to think about. Well said. Uh, I agree. It probably would be more of a hassle than it's worth. But if there's a way they could infuse like tube-based or valve-based processing into something like that to offer something that the plug-in couldn't, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that makes me think the circuits would get even crazier. They would. Um, but who knows? Once again, I honestly have no idea. I tried to look up a YouTube video on how preamps work, and I actually just kind of ran out of time, but of course, me retaining the knowledge off of just watching one YouTube video seemed not, it wasn't gonna happen, let's just put it that way. But um, it was actually pretty interesting, and there are actually plenty of informational videos on how different types of circuits work, and you just have to look for them. They're extremely dry. No one imparts any humor into them. Would be awesome, but just doesn't happen. You know, you bring up a good point, which gives me an idea for a question. Um, yeah, does that scroll in real time? Oh yeah, it's just it's cool. Zo- it wasn't zoomed out. Gotcha. Now it's doing it all. Cool, way. nice. So you mentioned YouTube videos, and I know that as an as an avid learner myself. Um, no, table's open. Um, as an avid learner myself, I'm always looking to you know learn on a daily basis, and I'm always searching out ah. YouTube videos, looking for new channels, doing everything I can. I, I like to watch at least 30 minutes of videos, even on my phone a day, on music production, mixing, audio engineering. So you, you mentioned YouTube videos. What do you think, like if you sit down and watch a bunch of videos, you know, and we have a lot of listeners that are probably going to be at the stage where they're watching a ton of YouTube videos. Like what is your retention rate? You know, do you watch the videos and the day later forget everything you learned? Or are you the kind of guy that's going to go in the studio and practice what you learn immediately so you burn it in your brain? Like, what's what's your process? I'm, I forget what your first uh, situation was. What was the first thing um, before the go right into the studio? Um, just forget it. Essentially watch oh, it and oh then yeah, not okay. apply it. So I'm right in between. I will retain it, especially if it's something I want to look up that's not to do with circuits because those are just freaking complicated. But um, if it's something to do with uh, production methods or mixing methods or ma- mastering methods, I will either write the information down on my phone that I want to try later, um, but I generally always retain it and then talk about it with Chris while we play pool. <laughs> and that's that's partly what creates all of our topics. And I my retention rate is really good. I I'll watch a 30 minute long video as long as the information's there mm-hmm. and not they're not just mm-hmm. messing around the whole time. Mm-hmm. I don't 
I'm not one of those people that needs a five minute video. Right. Because if it's something I want to learn about, I'm like, I hope they go in depth about mm-hmm. this because I want them to mm-hmm. I want them to tell me everything they know. Absolutely. You know, because I, I bring it up because uh solids. Uh, I've made a solid just to keep you guys abreast. Abreast, again, we're going to copy that word. So uh, I ask because I, I know a lot of people, that's kind of a, the main mechanism for for learning these days, especially for free, which is it's such a it's such a vast market. But I feel like a lot of people, they don't directly apply what they're learning. So they watch, you know, a dozen videos a week or so, and then they get to the studio three days after that, and everything they learn about compression settings or how to use a Poltec EQ or something kind of goes out the window. So uh, you also mentioned, which I thought was good, the difference between a five-minute video and a 30-minute video. So I know we have a considerable amount of videos now online that are everywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes. Like what what do you feel is when you're sitting down because you're, you know, also not only a student in the craft like myself, but you're working on a professional level now too. What What is the ideal video length for you and, and how intense do you want the video to be? I mean, do you want it jam-packed where you watch it four times or do you want it just to cover like one core topic and beat it to death? Like what, what do you feel is best for you in your learning? I uh, don't really care how they portray the information as long as I feel that the information is accurate. I was bringing up the topic of YouTube videos for, for two important reasons. One, I feel like there's a lot of junk on YouTube and not to say that people don't know what they're talking about, but honestly, a lot of people really don't know what they're talking about. And it's, it's disheartening and it's, it's misleading because when you get to a position to where you take everybody's word for something, you wind up kind of teaching yourself bad practices and you have a bad uh, set of tools in your arsenal. So for instance, if you watch you know, a more amateur video on, let's say, um, subtractive EQ. And they say that, for instance, um, whenever you have a vocal, you should always cut uh, 2K because there's harshness in the vocal. So you then, in your brain, think to yourself, okay, every time I vocal, I need to put a dip at 2K. But what you don't really take into consideration is every singer different, every microphone is different, every recording environment is different. So I feel like with a lot of you know stuff on YouTube, when you get materials for free, you have to take it with a grain of salt because they're free. So you know the accuracy of the information if it's somebody's perception, if it's more based on truth, you don't really know. All I would say is as you're watching videos, you know, be conscious of the fact that it's like, don't take everything for face value. Watch another couple of videos on the same topic and see if the information is consistent rather than taking one person's word for something. Uh, yeah, Chris brings up a great point. So let's say there was a guy out there with the channel called 2K Destroyer. And... Um, Every single one of his videos, he brings up a new sound file, and then all he does is cuts out 2K with his with a different um, digital EQ each time. And then he says in every video to sign off, this is what you have to do every time you have a sound file, because I'm right. And he doesn't explain where he's been in his lifetime. He doesn't explain any of his experience. All he says is that, I've spent my whole life with 2K and digital EQs, and this is what you need to do. So all I say to the listener is make sure that you try boosting 2K just Mm. as much as you might try cutting it at any situation. It's simple. Like with all of our, anything, even analog, just just turn that knob one way Mm -hmm. and then see if you like it better for that sound source because you never know. Just experiment. Experimentation is key. There's a... Before I take my shot, there's a uh, Dire Straits song. I believe it's Money for Nothing with mm, the cool guitar tone. Yeah. I'm 
Will it's okay. There is a Dire Straits song where this happened, but at one point, one of the engineers accidentally knocked over the mic and it laid on the floor. And then they got a really cool um, guitar tone from it. And it has to be money for nothing because that's a guitar tone yeah. everyone knows. Yeah. Um, but that happened from an accident. Hmm. And it was a happy accident because oh, everyone, yeah. everyone thought it was a pedal. Like, what's that laying on the floor sound pedal you're using? Right. You know? But no, right. it's just random crap like that. That's happens cool. All the time. So just try stuff. Yeah. If you think it sounds good, that's what art's all about. Just yeah. be creative. Absolutely. I, I think the only reason that Dom really fielded that question well and, and took us in a really cool different direction. But I think the whole point is, is that, you know, this, we're now, we have a wealth of resources. I'm Stripes. Oh, well, I'm. Thank you. Are you uh, sure? Yeah. I have been playing Stripes this whole game. Oh, so. well, I guess I made a few years then. I don't know. Uh, we, need to, we need to be paying more attention. All right. Well, I think I just made a couple of Dom's balls. So I, I'm up a game. So he needs the help anyways. All right. So um, what I was saying essentially is that, you know, there's a wealth of information out there. And, you know, we live in an age now to where you can learn about anything on YouTube or with cheap online courses or anything like that. And that's a beautiful thing. It really is. Um the only problem is, is that we get a lot of mixes, for instance, to work on, and we work with a lot of artists, and they have um, a set, very nice, they have a set of beliefs about how music production should be, how mixing should be, and they're, I wouldn't say they're wrong, because there is no wrong, quote unquote, but they're just misled to believe certain things that are inaccurate, which is not in their best interest to understand. So when they send us a mix, for instance, and they want it mixed a certain way, but the things they understand about compression, for instance, are minimalizing what compression can do, and then they ask for certain things, and we give them a result that sounds better, but they've never heard that result before, they're often confused, and they say, well, why don't you want to do it this way, or why can't you do it? this way. And we try to say, Hey, why don't you open your possibility to learning about more things? But the thing is when people believe something and they find something, they stick with that belief and they're very rigid about it. And I think that that's kind of the death of learning. Once you develop beliefs that you stick to, and you're not willing to be open to anything else, it's like, you can only grow so much. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. And all these people, including us, because we are going to be portraying information about our um, workflows, our setups, our differences in workflows and setups, all these things, um, the YouTube, other YouTubers included that are portraying information to the general public, is it's just important to note that all these things are um, right for the each per whoever is saying the information. Uh, it's not necessarily, um, we're definitely never saying okay, this practice is good for everybody. We're basically at all times going to be, hey Zen, basically at all times we're going to be saying, you know, we tried this this instance, it worked out great for us. We're going to maybe try this again in the future because we really like the effect, but um, we're always open, open to other options and opinions. Absolutely. I think that's the main thing is as we're going to dive deep over these podcasts into to many different topics, it's keep yourself as open as possible. You know, if something works for you, like for instance, a lot of videos online, uh, guys will be using a specific plugin and then a comment will be, why do you like that particular compressor on that bass guitar, for instance? And the guy will just say something like, well, I, I put it on this one mix and it sounded great. So I've used it ever since. That's, that's great. That's awesome. You know, if, if you have a workflow that works for you, that's great. But then to say, for instance, if somebody else came in and said, Hey, you should try this compressor on your bass. And the guy's like, Oh no, 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 I can't, I can't do 
you that I've got my bass compressor. It's like, you know, evolve, you know, grow, like push the limits of like what your creativity does. It never hurts to have go-to plugins and workflows. But, you know, for me, I'm always trying to learn new things. Like I don't want to work in templates, you know, I don't, I want to work free form. So it's like when I load a project, I don't want to have three dedicated reverbs that I use on every single one. I don't want to plate a room in a hall that are all sonics or are all, um, you know, um, what's the one you're using? Exponential audio. You know, it's like, I want to know, okay, well, I need a room. What is the great room sound for this project? Like what, what is your approach when it comes to, you know, sitting down? Are you a template guy? Or are you more like free form? <laughs> like, I'm just going to do what I feel like. I mean, I already know the answer yeah. to this, but you know, share, share your thoughts. So as you said, he already knows the answer, which is I hate templates. Um, more so it's funny cause it's, it's kind of a double-edged sword in the sense that I'm lazy, too lazy to make a template, but then also not making a template is extremely, um, it's not lazy at all because every <laughs> single time I start a project, I'm always creating buses. I'm always deciding on what I want to use. So it's funny. I'm lazy and extremely not lazy in, in the same sense. Um, but yeah, he, uh, brought up a great point. Just Basically, at any moment, we all have our own ears. If we all had robot ears that heard the same and we all had robot brains that thought the same, none of this would be fun. There would be no banter. Right. There would be no one saying, no, the exponential audio reverb is better than Sonics. Right. And I'd be like, well, you haven't even heard the exponential audio and you right. hear it. And it's like, oh, that's pretty good. I still like my hardware better. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's funny because be, that's actually what yeah. I said. I tried and I was like, yeah, I like my hardware better than the exponential. Yeah. yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it just take what you can from anytime someone talks, just listen to them. First of all, don't mm -hmm. think you're right automatically. Mm -hmm. Take in the information, listen to it, see if you like it, try it out maybe, give them a chance. And then if you like it, cool. If you don't, then just blow it off. But you learned, you know, you don't like that now. It's not out in the open and you found out that you don't like a technique or mm -hmm. something. This is all getting very, uh, kind of like musically spiritual, but, um, you know, it's all important. I like that. I like that. I mean, I fade in and out when Dom talks, so I couldn't tell you exactly <laughs> everything that he said. Uh, and that, that should be funny because he was talking about listening, but, uh, <laughs> uh no, the, the cons, I like that spirit, uh, musically spiritual. I like that. That's good. I think that this is a component that a lot of artists, music producers, audio engineers lack is, is a, a spiritual. And we don't mean religious. We mean, uh, like a Zen like, like a, a bliss, like, like a, a highly creative mentality when it comes to music production. And we're going to talk a lot about the various concepts like this, but um, I think before I take a shot real fast, as I'm, I'm horribly behind in this game, um, that I also do not like templates at all. I, I have a lot of them saved. In fact, I even did as much as like, for instance, try to emulate consoles. So I would go through like with an SSL channel strip and I put all of those on every channel uh, to start. And then on the bus, I put the SSL bus compressor. So that way, if I wanted to load template SSL, it'd be as if I was working through a console and I had their compressors and EQs already loaded up. So, I mean, I've tried all these approaches before and I just, I don't like it. You know, I don't like being pigeonholed into a certain way of working that worked for me yesterday. It's like, what I like to do is I'll remember what I did yesterday on the last project and I'll say, Hey, I really like that. I'm going to take that idea into this new project, see if it works. And if it does, I'm going to use it. If not, I'm going to scratch it and go with something totally different. Yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like uh, we just need to 
or yeah, just as a people, just stick to our guns. Um, try not to get peer pressured into doing anything just because someone's name's on something doesn't mean it's the best. Um, most of the time, it just means they're trying to sell it, honestly. Um, for the most part, everyone's just kind of trying to make a buck in this industry, and it's just the truth. Uh, we've talked We've talked a lot. Um, this is actually probably going to be a better topic for another uh, podcast and not just the intro, but we've talked a lot about the saturation in this music mm. in- industry mm-hmm. and uh, the problems it makes as mm-hmm. well as some of the good things that comes with it and just kind of the community it's built. Mm-hmm. Um where it almost seems like everyone has a chance, but no one really does. Right, right, <laughs> but, um, right. That's well said. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I feel like that'll be a good topic for another podcast. Yeah, and, no, um, we'll definitely this dive into a that. Great, this is basically our trial run. So yeah. if you've listened thus far, yeah. we're, we're doing a pretty good job. For right? sure. Otherwise, this didn't really have much concrete information, but it's going to be pretty free flowing. So. Yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't really believe in structure. You know, Dom hates structure. You know, like I, I, dude, if I asked him to do something. <laughs> He would try as hard as he could not to do it in that form. And that's totally great. You know, that's what I love about him. He's just free spirit. And I'm the same way. And I think that, you know, when it comes to music, especially and like this podcast, structure is not exactly your friend. Now, don't get me wrong. I believe there's two kinds of people in the world. I believe that there are people who need structure and need security and that people that can, that can free form it. And a great example of this would be somebody who works a nine to five for a salary versus somebody who's an entrepreneur. So somebody who has an entrepreneurial mindset set like myself, that they like the idea of being their own boss, but they also know the pressure that comes with, you know, having to work really hard, having to set your own goals, having to hit those goals. Some people can't succumb to that kind of pressure. And they like the security of knowing, well, if they work 40 hours a week, they're getting 60 grand in the bank or whatever. They can do this. They can go there. They can take vacation there. And they like that structured outcome of their life. Neither is better than the other. It's just about you need to understand your personality type. And this is a lot. We're, we're going to cover a lot of topics like this in the podcast. Like learn about yourself. Like you are unlike anybody else. So when it comes to making music, what is working for you? You know, if you're a person who has that structured, secure mindset in life, then chances are that's going to transcend your music production. So if you're that way, Temple to be the best way to, for you to work. For Dom and I who don't like that structured mentality, they don't. we don't like the box, so to speak, and we'd rather rather create outside the box. We just want to open a blank project. Yeah, it takes 45 minutes to set up all the tracks and set up all the sends, but I'm willing to do that because I feel like it gives me the ability to create more organically. So I think step one, and as we go deeper in the podcast and you see our free form nature, like we're going to have themes and topics. Yeah. But for the most part, it's going to be pretty off the cuff because that's how we work. And we want to encourage you guys to get to know yourselves better and work the way that you work best. Yeah, definitely. Um, very well said, Sir Chris. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Sweet. Um, well, I think that was an amazing intro, and this is a music podcast. Um, we're going to be covering a lot of different topics. <laughs> just because a lot of music yeah, topics. No, 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 but that's the thing. It's like like uh, Chris said before, we're going to be fielding questions um, from our Facebook groups, anyone um, that we see that has a question specifically for the podcast what just happened i just made another one of don's balls yeah it's just it's it's gonna happen we're not used to like having two sides of our brains working while we're playing pool this is good though it's good yeah yeah gives a nice dynamic but um so yeah the questions will be absolutely about music well unless you ask something that's not about music but right we're gonna say give us your music questions maybe on a certain topic but uh, right yeah cool 
But for the most part, that's that's basically it. No, I agree. Well, before we we wrap this up, um, I'm sure most of you who have no idea who we are, and and you shouldn't <laughs> because <people>. yeah, <laughs> if not every one of you, which is fine because we're nobody uh, in the grand scheme of things. So I'll introduce myself, tell you a little about me, and I'll pass it over to Dom to do the same, and we'll adjourn there for the day. So in fact, uh, it's my shot. I'm going to let Dom uh, tell you a little bit about himself. No? Yeah? I'll, I'll, I'll go. Okay. So uh, I'm Chris. Um, I am 31, and I've been in music for 16 years. So when I got started, I got started playing guitar in bands, and I was in punk rock bands and, and hard rock bands, toured until I was about 19, and then just kind of got sick of the road and got sick of um, that lifestyle, so to speak. So I got thrown into DJing blindly, didn't want to DJ, DJed a nightclub uh, on a fluke. Uh, actually, it was kind of funny. I was at a show. A friend of mine called me. The DJ at this nightclub got into a fight was knocked unconscious and they asked me to DJ and I was like, Hey, I've never DJed, but I, I've been around audio equipment for so long. It didn't seem that complicated. So I wound up DJing for a night and they're like, Hey, do you want a job? I was like, yeah, why not? So I DJed all through college, um, through the college that I was going to and professionally in clubs and did many tours all over California and Nevada and stuff, which was cool. And kind of, you know, started the transition out of DJing and out of like the bar scene and the the nightclub scene, just cause it was so hyped and loud and it was fun. Don't get me wrong, but I liked the studio environment better. And I'd been working in studios since I was 15 too. And I got a chance to intern in some cool places. Um, there was one called uh, the hangar in Sacramento where the Deftones recorded white pony. And that was a really cool experience. And I, I like, I like being in the studio. I like, I like the quiet of it. I like the the secludedness of it. I'm I'm more uh, of a interpersonal kind of guy. So for me, I, I like the 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 creative workflow and working with people like Dom is a blast. Like it's always great to have producers and engineers in there that you trust, that you vibe with, that you can work with. So I've been doing studio work for like the last five or six years, and it's been great. And Dom and I kind of linked up over the last year, and we had this vision of putting out tutorial videos and helping people more with their production and kind of fusing our different uh, backgrounds and different musical experiences and, and different loves of different genres together to create a wide range of products uh, for people to really help. And at the same time, you know, we both do engineering uh, full time. So that's pretty much a little bit about me. Yeah, like Chris, uh, well, first of all, my name's Dom and I am 24. Uh, got my first laptop with Ableton on it when I was in high school. And um, from there, it's just always been a love, just like a lot of these, uh, I call them kids, but I say that with all due respect. Uh, yeah, a lot of these kids, you know, get their laptops and they we just see their excitement through when we do our mix reviews. And um, you can see how uh, much they love just being encouraged to keep doing what they love. And um, that is something that I always had when I was starting out too. And um, it's music was always my hobby, kind of always on the back burner though. And then at one point um, through switching various schools, trying out different degrees, one of them being electrical engineering, um, after getting quite a ways through that, I just found out that it was the exact place I did not want to be in life. And I switched, uh, started going to school for music recording. And um, ever since then, I've been a happy camper. I've just been loving my life. And it's one of those things that if I die tomorrow, I'm the exact place I want to be. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And then, um, yeah, but uh, Chris has been doing this 
quite a bit longer than I have. He's put in the hours. He's also just a significantly older, but it's true. age is whatever. State and, of mind. Um, it's it's all, state of mind. It's all about experience. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I've been doing this professionally for about a year and a half now. Um, I'd like to say I've been working on a lot of, lot of high-profile clients, but it's a, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't mix the latest Kings of Leon record or anything, but that was just a random artist I threw out right, there. Right, right, right. I haven't even good thought, artists, about, though. thought about them yeah, in a long no, time. Sure. But, no, they're uh, good, yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, I just love it. It's just, that's basically all it comes yeah. down to is love. No, I can Do tell. what you love. No, you, yeah. you should. Dom speaks the truth and he's a man of passion as I am too. And I can, I can tell you all firsthand, I don't care how old you guys are. If you're 15 or 40 right now, listening to this, like I, I am a product of academia. I, I went to, you know, a university and I actually have a degree in philosophy of law and I minored in psychology. And I thought that was going to be my path. I thought that I was going to go into music law and that was going to be my road. And I can tell you, you know, what Dom is doing, I'm asked to be respect because he decided not to go the, the route of pursuing a bachelor's in something that he was not going to do with his life. And he realized at a young age that, you know, he wanted to do music. And I realized the same thing, but I, I just don't think I had the balls to, you know, I think it was more like I wanted to, but I know how competitive it is and how much work you have to put in. And I, I wanted music to be creative and fun because I love it. I love it more than anything in life. And I thought if I did it professionally, it would take me away. You know, they, that old phrase, like, don't make what you love your job kind of thing. We both did that. And neither one of us are looking back. And I can tell you all from my experience with school and my useless degree that cost me $100,000 and seven years of my life jumping between majors and, and doing things that it, like if you're going to school, go to school because you want to because you want to learn about life. But if not, find out about who you are and follow your path and, and follow your dream and believe in yourself. Because I can tell you, like, don't do what your parents or society or the world wants you to do. Like, do you and be committed to what you're about. You're going to make me cry, man. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, I feel like that's a great place to end this. Uh, yes. Anything I say will just be trivial at this point. So, um, yeah, let's just do a quick sign off before you before you miss that shot. Damn it! Yeah, uh, he already just, missed I'm it. Off. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I got close. I it's got both close. of us. Yeah, like, we're I, don't, pretty, we're I think I made bad. one shot this uh, whole time it's, we've it's, been talking. It's, it's been bad. Yeah, it's been it's bad. Been a, this is our first trial run. Yes. <laughs> yes. It, it went well though. Yeah, it went no, well. Yeah. Awesome. So, what is what is our sign off? Oh, no, I just meant like get back on the mic oh, so we gotcha. can just officially just, just say goodbye. Cool. Well, don't worry, Dom. We'll, we'll be back soon. We're going to crank these out regularly for you guys too. Like we love doing we like this. We, we love, oh, love, <laughs> love playing pool. Oh, God. If we want to play pool, we have to record some podcasts. Absolutely. So we're going to leave the mic. I mean, we played pool for four hours last night after we got done with the studio. So this is like a really regular thing Which for us. Which ended at four in the morning. It did. So yes. 12 to yeah. Four. It, yeah. It was, it was, it, but that's, that's very common for us. We're, yeah. we're late night guys too. We, we work on passion, so it's very easy for us to be fueled all day long, but yeah, um, that that's pretty much, uh, that's a wrap so to speak. So we hope you guys enjoyed it and got to know a little bit about us. We look forward to getting to know more about you. We're going to be fielding questions through social media. So feel free to submit those. Anything you guys want to learn about, we're down to talk about it. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a blast. So we're looking forward to this. We think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Until later, that is it for us. Peace. Peace out.